today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. Awake, awake. That's what you and I need to do. We need to understand that our lives of peace, our lives of ease, are a great deceitfulness of the enemy that says that we don't need to persevere in our faith, that we don't need to be serious in our faith, that we can skate through on our faith because, after all, we're blessed. We've got everything we need, and what we don't have, we've got plastic in our wallets to take care of the rest of it. Well, beloved, it's time for us to wake up. The prosperity of Israel became a backdrop for complacency and compromise. The nation had grown far from God in their hearts, and they were becoming proud of their sin. Isaiah reminds us that God's patience should never be mistaken for His approval of our lifestyle. When things are going well for us, we need to be all the more diligent to remain devoted to and depend upon God. In today's message, Pastor David will warn us that prosperity and peace can be very dangerous for the believer. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Isaiah chapter 40 as he continues his message, God's judgment and comfort. thing that can happen to a church is that our meetings go so well. Our worship, our our music is so refined that we don't need God. We can come and we can be encouraged, we can be strengthened, we can have a great time and not even know that the Holy Spirit wasn't present. And beloved, the unfortunate reality is I believe that's happening to more churches than we care to think about. There's way too many churches who continue on business as usual and the Holy Spirit left a long time ago. Again, he's speaking about he's going to raise up a a deliverer. He's going to watch over them. He's he's going to keep them. Uh, Verse 4, he says... uh, who has performed and done it, calling the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, I am the first, and with the last, I am he. Down in verse 8, he says, But you, Israel, are, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. In other words, God says, man, I, I am God, and you're my friend. I want to work and move in you. Second part of verse 9, he says, You're my servant, I've chosen you, and I have not cast you away. Fear not, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I look at that and I think this is a message to a people who are in exile because of their disobedience and their sinfulness. They deserve to be destroyed. 
But God says, no, I've, I've formed you. I've fashioned you. I'm with you. It's my right hand that's going to uphold you and keep you. He's calling them back to himself. Down in verse 13, for I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Fear not, you worm, Jacob. I love that verse. He calls it like it is. He says, you're nothing, you're you're a worm, but I love you anyway. How many of us can attest to that fact, eh? Fear not, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel. I will help you, says the Lord, and your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make you into a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small. And on and on he goes again of his strength, of his might, working and moving within them. Look uh, again, that whole idea, that whole understanding that it's his hand that's working. Chapter 42, again, uh, the Lord is raising up uh, uh, his servant uh, and, and the strength that's there, verses one through four. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. The smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth, and he will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands shall wait for his law. I don't know if Isaiah understood and knew that he was speaking about the coming of Messiah or how he was writing it. We just don't know what the Lord was putting through his head. But every one of these, again, is a description, a a declaration of who Christ is. Again, he went as a sheep to the shears. He was silent in the midst of it. And, And this I love that that portion there. A breezed root, he will not break. Smoking flax, he will not crush. Again, the tenderness of our Lord in the worst of our situations, in the weaknesses that we have, still God reaches out and touches us and draws us to himself. And that brings us all the way over to chapter 49. In verse one, listen, O coastlands to me and take heed, you peoples from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the matrix of my mother. He has made mention of my name and he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. And in the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me. And again, just the the word of the Lord, the coming of Messiah. Look at uh, verse six. Indeed, he says, is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Judah to restore the preserved ones of Israel? I will give you as a light to the Gentiles. In other words, Jesus speaking again of the Messiah. You will be the light to the Gentiles. You shall be my salvation to the ends of the earth. And then drop down to verse 14. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My, my Lord has forgotten me. And then the Lord answers him in verse 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. I love that. Just the very thought of that. Well, that's a lot of names to put on your hands, God. But you know what? How great are his hands, amen, amen. And he's got our names. Not only are our names written on the palm of his hand, but our names are written in that Lamb's book of life, if we know him. 
the midst of our rebellion, in the midst of our failures, in the midst of our struggles, God doesn't forget us. That's why he continues to woo us to himself. He continues to draw us in close. He calls for Israel. He calls for us to put away our sins. Servant of the Lord is is obedient, and and through his suffering, he's going to be able to comfort them. Look here in chapter 50. God says, where's the certificate of your mother's divorce, whom, whom I have put away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? For your iniquities, you have sold yourselves, and in your transgression, your mother has been put away. So in other words, God's saying, I didn't reject you. You put yourself in that situation. Look down in verse 6. I gave my back to those who struck me, my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard, and I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. He says, I didn't reject you. That's what I received upon myself in order to restore you and to bring you back to myself. Chapter 52, I love how it starts, awake, 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 awake. Again, I'm going to rag on the Church of America again. I think we've been sleeping for way too long. We've been sleeping because everything has been so good and so easy and so comfortable. We've not had to struggle for our faith. We've not had to struggle for our freedom. We've not had to struggle to be able to literally live the Christian life for 250 years. And now we start crying because somebody comes up and pushes us a little bit. We know nothing about persecution in this nation. Nothing. Oh, yeah, we do, Pastor. We, we read that and we saw that and we understand that. We don't know what the rest of the world has gone through all, all, all the way back from the time of God calling the righteous to himself. Man, from Cain slaying Abel, all, all the way back there. And then we look at you know, what the Jews went through, even when they were living in righteousness. And then we get to the church you know, 2,000 years ago and the persecution that the church has gone through for these two millennia and, and continues to go through. Awake, awake. That's what you and I need to do. We need to understand that our lives of peace, our lives of ease, are great deceitfulness of the enemy that says that we don't need to persevere in our faith, that we don't need to be serious in our faith, that we can skate through on our faith, because after all, we're blessed. We've got everything we need, and what we don't have, we've got plastic in our wallets to take care of the rest of it. But beloved, it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to wake up and see that, yes, there, there will be that time. There, that time truly is coming. There's blessings in redemption. There's no doubt about it. And the declaration of that needs to be proclaimed continually. Look at verse 7. It's still there in chapter 52. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. You want to have a good pedicure? Start proclaiming the gospel. 
You want to have beautiful feet? Proclaim the gospel. Wherever you go, let that be the heartbeat. Let that be your passion. Let that be the reality and the truth of your life. This isn't just for pastors. This isn't just for missionaries. It's not just for for prophets. No, that's for any that'll proclaim the reality of the good news and the declaration of our God reigns. Chapter 53, one of the most powerful chapters of all of them. And again, the suffering servant Messiah. This is the thing that the Jews could not wrap their heads around. The Jews, by and large, they, they, they looked for Messiah. They hoped for Messiah. They prayed for Messiah. They desired Messiah. But they didn't desire a suffering servant. They desired a reigning king that would come over and, 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 and wipe Rome out of the nation and bring Israel back up to a mighty nation. And you know, to this day, most Jews have never, ever read, much less studied, Isaiah 53 because it's not taught in the synagogues. It's not taught to them. It just, they just blow right over. It's an amazing thing. I've seen several videos of, of evangelists there in Israel just asking them, have you ever read Isaiah 53? Oh, I'm sure I have. Well, let me read a little bit to you and see if it sounds familiar. No, I've never heard that before. Because you see, that's not the Messiah that they're looking for. 53 verse 3, he was despised, he was rejected by men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs, he's carried our sorrows. And yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. And isn't that really what the Jews believed happened to Jesus? That Jesus, see, because you're not the Messiah, that's why you're on the Christ or on the cross. Why, if you were really Messiah, you would come down. You see, they figured, no, God took him out of the way. What they failed to understand that is in that death is when, again, he's borne our griefs, he's carried our sorrows. He's wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. We all like sheep, we went astray, we turned every one to his own way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. The redemption of God comes not because man deserves it, but because in the midst of our rebellion in the midst of our undeserving ways, God determined in his love to reach out to mankind. Chapter 54, down in verse four, do not be ashamed or do not fear for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Get over verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, 
Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So in other words, what he's saying, our righteousness, and we have righteousness. If you are a child of God, if you're a believer in Christ, if your life has been given to him, you are righteous in Christ Jesus. And you might say, yeah, but pastor, you didn't see my day. That's okay, you didn't see mine either, okay? Let's leave it that way. But our righteousness is found in Christ. That doesn't mean that we just go and live any other way. Hey, I'm saved so I can live any. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it is his righteousness in us. It is the covering, it is the cloak of the righteousness of Christ that God looks at when he sees you and I. And that's why whenever there's issues in our life, whenever there's struggles in our lives, and the enemy of our souls comes to us and says, man, don't even bother with God. After the way you've lived this last week, you think God's going to hear you? That's what the enemy speaks to us. But our God comes to us and says, oh, no. Listen, put that all away. I'm your redeemer. I'm your redeemer. There's no weapon that's formed against you that's going to be able to stand. God has a plan. He has a design. He has a purpose for peace. But unless we seek after him, unless we desire him, we'll really never know that peace. He's made that offer. He's reaching it out. He's he's offering it. Look at chapter 59. Oh, there's so much that we're skipping over. Chapter 59, verse 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it can't save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But it's your iniquities that have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear you. It's a great, interesting discussion we had at the men's Bible study about the omnipresence of God, that God is everywhere. Says, but, but this says we, we've been separated from God. Uh, Again, it's it's the ability to help us to understand what's going on. God is there. God, there's not a place that we can run to. The psalmist declares that, man, I can't go anywhere, but God is there. But the problem is, is when we allow sin to, again, cover over our, our, our lives, our thoughts, our heart, that shell of sin that covers over and over and over until pretty soon it's like, it's like concrete or it covers over the, the ears of our spirit so much because we're either listening to the flesh or we're listening to the world and we don't hear that still small voice of the spirit saying, come to me, all you that thirsty, all you that are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And you see, that's what the spirit calls that's, the, that's God's desire, is that we turn to him continually in all ways. Chapter 66, verse 1, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you'll build me? Where is the place of my rest? For all these things my hand has made, and all these things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite heart, who trembles at my word. He who kills a bull is as if he who slays a man. He who sacrifices a lamb is as if he breaks a dog's neck. He who offers a grain offering 
is as he who offers swine's blood. He who burns incense is as if he blesses an idol. Just as they've chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abominations, so will I choose their delusions and bring their fears upon them. Because when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, they did not hear. But they did evil before my eyes and chose and chose that in which I did not delight. Says the one I listen to is the broken, the contrite heart. Says you come up, you do all your churchy stuff, you're doing all the sacrifices, killing the bull, sacrificing the lamb, the grain all that's all churchy stuff, guys. God says to me, you, you might as well be throwing up swine's blood. Might as well be breaking dogs' necks. It's, it means absolutely nothing if I don't have your heart. If I don't have your heart. Over in verse 17, and we'll close with this. Those who sanctify themselves and purify themselves to go to the gardens after an idol in the midst, eating swine's blood and the abomination in the mouth, shall be consumed together. For I know their works and their thoughts. It shall be that I will gather all nations and tongues and they shall come and they will see my glory. And I will set a sign among them and those among them who escape, I will send to the nations, to Tarshish and to Pool and to Lod, who draw the bow and Tubal and Javan to the coastlands afar off who have not heard my fame nor seen my glory. They shall declare my glory among the Gentiles. Then they shall bring all your brethren for an offering to the Lord out of all nations on horses and chariots and in litters and on mules and on camels and to my holy mountain Jerusalem, says the Lord. As the children of Israel bring an offering in a clean vessel into the house of the Lord, and I will also take some of them for priests and Levites. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me. And they shall go forth and look upon the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me for their worm does not die their fire is not quenched they shall be in abhorrence to all flesh wonderful news <laughs> horrible news mixed together he says you continue going that way you're not going to run from me you will be destroyed but if you come to me if you allow your heart, your ears, your spirit to hear my word to you and come to me, oh man, it'll be a blessing. It'll be a blessing that you and I won't even be able to comprehend this side of glory. But you know what? The great thing I see about Isaiah, God is serious. He's serious about his holiness and he's serious about your holiness and mine. How we live our life. Oh, I know my holiness is found in him. I know my righteousness is found in him. But you know what? That does not excuse me, does not excuse any of us to live a life of unrighteousness because we are called to live our lives for his glory first, to be a light to the world around us and for us to experience the closeness of his relationship in our life 
every moment of every day of our life. That's all we have time to share today, but we're so glad you've joined us. Isn't the Bible a fascinating book to read? There's incredible historical events, crazy scenarios, and a variety of people to keep you intrigued along the way. We hope you'll continue to join us here on The Open Word as Pastor David takes you through the Bible. If what you heard today sparked your interest and you'd like to know more about faith and even who God really is, please contact us. We'd love to talk more with you and share some even more incredible news about your future and the one who can change it, Jesus. Give us a call at 520-836-9676. Again, that's 520-836-9676. If social media is a part of your life, you can connect with us there too. Come like our Facebook page and keep up to date with what's happening at The Open Word and Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. You'll find a link to our website, theopenword.com. Would you like to hear more messages from this series? Here's Pastor David to tell you how. Thanks, Chris. You know, any time you spend in God's Word is valuable. And I'd like to encourage you to do it as often as possible. I know busy schedules can make that hard, but being able to listen to it could just change all that. All of the messages I've shared from the Bible here on The Open Word, they're available to you to listen to online at theopenword.com. Feel free to download them and even share them with anyone you think would benefit. That website again is theopenword.com. Thanks, Pastor David, and thank you for tuning in to The Open Word. Make us more and more.